0: On the Bayou, the all new raging cajun one oh two point seven FM
1: You are beautiful on the inside, you are innocent person.
2: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Thursday. Casey just clear here. We've got a fun 90 minutes of sports talk coming your way. We can't wait to discuss some of the different things that we have going on. But first, we open up the show as we always do. Thanking our sponsors for allowing us to be here. The Blue Boot Rodeo. The 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo will be held on July 7th through 9th at the Grand Isle Marina. Located at 158 Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. What about Southland Dodge and Homa? Our industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. We also thank Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your <clears throat> excuse me all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets get Rouse's Louisiana crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Also, Buzz Off the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. And Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. Today we've got a lot of fun packed into the next 90 minutes at 11.45, so about 10 minutes or so from now, we're gonna go to Vanderbilt Catholic. We'll have their football coach Tommy Minton on the line. We'll ask Coach Minton about their offseason. What are you know, how are things going for them so far this offseason? What are some things that they hope to get accomplished in the upcoming season? Vanderbilt had a little bit of an experienced bunch, right? They had some seniors and some different things of the sort. Um, but they also had some really talented and gifted underclassmen, including the young man who yesterday I labeled as the guy that I would, <clears throat> excuse me, I if, if I were starting any high school athletic department with one player, I said I would start it with Jalen Coleman. Um, and he's on their roster for the next three seasons. You know, he's. A terrific football player, all-state caliber, running back type of deal. Like he's going to get it. He's already has SEC offers, but he's going to continue to get more and more offers from everybody around the country, <clears throat> that type of player. Very gifted basketball player, and then also very gifted on the track as well. So Vanderbilt has, he as well as some other talent, you know, Jalen Coleman's not alone. They've got a lot of other good players out there, and they're going to be, certainly be among the short list of teams in our local 4A district to look out for. One of those teams will be on that short list of teams to look out for are the Ellender Patriots. We'll have their coach Jesse Turner on at 12 o'clock to talk about some things that the Patriots are looking to get accomplished in the upcoming year. Ellender's got athletes all over the field. And I think coach Turner will tell us that they the, the challenge for them is can they be a little better up front defensively, maybe tackle better, maybe have a little bit better conditioning because at times they were close and just kind of fizzle out. We saw that against South Lafouche last year. Um, Fourth quarter, they were gassed. And and B.J. Young shortened up his playbook and said, you know what, we're running one play. We're running the snap it to Jisclair, hand it to Petrie play over and over and over again. And it just kind of broke the will of the Patriots defense. At 12-15, we'll have Cameron Pierce of Terrebonne High School. It's baseball season all year round right now. They're in the middle of a summer season. We'll ask Coach Pierce how that's all going and uh, see what his thoughts are in his offseason. Then at 12-30, we've got... And just to scroll through the headlines, we'll talk about a couple of things that are happening in the world of sports. And at the bottom of the show, we'll get to our betting picks. Um, We've been really, really good. We have been really, really good. But we have some breaking news today in the world of college football. Arch Manning has made his collegiate decision. Arch Manning has committed to the University of Texas. So I've been telling people for a long time, that Arch was never going to be in play for LSU. The Manning family, for whatever reason, has some sort of gri against LSU. Maybe, you know what? Let me let me not get petty here, because a lot of folks like the Manning. Let me not anger a lot of folks right out of the gate. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate as to why, but Arch is going to Texas. A couple of things about this. Um, first off, from an LSU perspective, I think it's probably good. That he's going off to Texas and not to like an Alabama or a Georgia or whatever it may be. Alabama or Georgia have established programs uh, and are just absolutely dynamite. Whereas Texas is just kind of building it back, right? And look, by the time Arch is a junior or whatever, they may have it rolling to the level where you know, they could be a national championship contender or whatever. But if he went to, like, say, in Alabama, it would be a situation where he may be beating you in the SEC four times or three times or however long he's in college. So from that perspective, it's a little bit less painful. Um, I never thought LSU was in play for the kids, so I ne- this not isn't um, any type of huge blow or huge loss for me and from an LSU perspective, but I do think that it is better that he ends up at Texas as opposed to a traditional SEC power. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. Let's see or wait and see how this all plays out because I got to tell you something, and this is an unpopular opinion. You guys may not like me saying this because in Louisiana, there's this irrational love for the Manning family who's done nothing but kind of, again, I'm, I'm choosing my words wisely here. It's a family that's lived in New Orleans but has done nothing but try to avoid New Orleans for the, the, the two boys who played in the NFL and then now it's done nothing but try to avoid Louisiana schools for everyone involved. A little leery here. Not, not a huge fan of the family. And I say that knowing that I'll be out there tomorrow at their passing academy. And if you're listening, I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying. I would say it to them. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, yes. Yes. Be very careful. A lot of times we put a lot of expectations on these big four and five-star players. And we put a lot of pressure on these big four- and five-star players. And we expect that the second this kid will be at Texas, he'll be their starting quarterback, and he'll be contending for Heisman trophies, and he'll be doing this, and he'll be doing that. And maybe that's exactly how this is going to go. There's there's a possibility that, hey, he'll, he'll get to Texas, he'll be absolutely the real deal, no stopping him. But there's also a possibility that this doesn't work out. And I just want to explore that possibility. How many big five-star players have we seen go to places and never pan out? I'm thinking Davis Mills. He was a big five-star guy. He really wasn't all that prominent. I'm I'm thinking of Davis Mills. Davis Mills is not the name that I'm thinking of. I'll Google. He's a player that played for Stanford quarterback. Um, I'm thinking John David Booty. I'll say this. I saw... Ryan Paraloo played high school football. He was a five-star, number one player in the country type dude. His team at East St. John would score 40, 50 points every single week, no matter who they were playing, no matter what was going on. He would score 40 or 50. They didn't always win, but they didn't always have a great defense. They didn't always win, but they would score on every defense that they played. At times... In Archer's career at Newman, that offense stalls. When there's pressure, that offense stalls. When they're facing a great team, that offense stalls. Whenever they're deep into the playoffs, that offense stalls at times. So, this idea that this kid's going to just come in, he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner his first season, you know, it's going to be the best college career in the history of college athletics. Let's just pump the brakes on some of that because this is a guy who last year in the playoffs, lost 49 to 7 to Lafayette Christian 49 seven 49 to 7 his team lost. Ryan Perle wasn't losing to nobody 49 to 7 bro. nobody, no one there was no one who was holding him to seven points. I ain't nobody doing it. so let's just temper the expectations because at times when that pressure is on, it becomes a little bit of a different quarterback and in the SEC, the pressure's always going to be on. In the SEC, you're always going to have somebody in your face. The pocket's never going to be clean. Last year, faced St. Charles Catholic, lost 12-7. to Again, scoring seven points. I don't know. Just not sure that this is going to be a dude who comes in and from the very first second that he's on campus is going to be that dude who's going to be the best player on the field. It's going to maybe take a little bit of time, so I just want fans to maybe temper those expectations. But it's a great get for Texas, and whoever would have gotten him would have certainly been happy with that. Anytime you get a five-star player, he's got the size, he's got the build, he's got the pedigree, you got to be happy and excited about that. So it's a huge get for Texas. From an LSU perspective, it's a loss, but I don't think it's a dire loss because I don't think LSU ever expected to get him on campus to begin with. And the LSU quarterback room is set for the next several years because you got Daniels, who's an underclassman. You got Walker Howard. You got Nuss Marley. you got a lot of dudes there who have a lot of eligibility left. So I think LSU was prepared for the idea that, hey, the Manning family ain't going to go to Louisiana school. So that's just kind of the reality of where it is. A little surprised that Ole Miss wasn't more of a factor in this, right? Lane Kiffin, the big quarterback guru, a little surprised Ole Miss wasn't a bigger factor, but from the beginning, everybody kind of speculated that Texas was going to be the lead dog in this, and Arch Manning now heads on over to Texas, choosing the Longhorns over a list that included Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and Virginia. Yeah, Virginia, like you actually had a chance. That's very cute of ESPN to include them in that list. But Ole Miss apparently wasn't even one of the finalists. So the Manning Passing Academy will be a whole hell of a lot more interesting now, because I'm sure they'll be asking some questions about that commitment, what went into that commitment and we'll see how it goes. So Texas gets the big Louisiana-based guy uh, like they thought they were going to get with Ryan Perlou back in the day. That commitment ended up being reneged. Uh, I don't think this commitment is going to be reneged. I think Arsh Manning is going to follow through with it. And I think he is going to go off to the University of Texas and make good on that. Let's catch a break when we get back. Uh, we're going to go to Tommy Mint and the Vanderbilt Catholic. It's play-by-play here on Kaley We'll be right back after this.
3: Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. Hello, friends and, and if family. Taylor Griffin slide, here, back owner, again to talk about new friend building materials. We have it in our Did you know that we have a new updated it, online order it. system Just stop by on the Back Road and Cut Off or call us at 985-325-1000. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the
4: most. Like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too. Your good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted the for more Red than The Dufresne family years. has been
5: serving communities since 1955. Right. And now, we're Ashley here in Barrio Gulfport. Today whether you're at 985-632-0988. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Doofriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
6: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our Beaters now call 985 333 8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz off mosquito control, safe, effective, guaranteed.
5: What does the Weatherbug app tell
0: you? My commute will be a
6: doozy today.
0: Pack my allergy
5: meds,
2: lightning, pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket.
5: With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug tells you more of what you need to know
3: to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose WeatherBug.
7: Maybe it's a commute to the couch day.
3: Download the WeatherBug app today for free.
7: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry generac cola briggs and stratton cummins Onan, and and many more industrial power systems power is our middle name call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in galliano
2: Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLB. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have Tommy Minton, the Vanderbilt Catholic head football coach on the line. Coach Minton, good morning, man. How are you?
8: Good morning. Good morning. Doing well.
2: Yes, sir. It is a fun time of the year. It's a busy time of the year. You guys are in the weight room. You're doing some seven-on-seven, getting everything polished up for the upcoming start of a new season. What's that process been like over at Vanderbilt? How's your offseason been so far?
8: It's been really good. It's been really good our our, our numbers are up uh, uh, from what I've been told i mean through the through the last uh 12, 15 years uh we've we've averaged about a, a roster size of about seventy five kids and uh right now uh we're sitting at about hundred and eight kids. so uh we're really pleased with that. The participation in the summer program has been really good. Uh, kids are working hard in the weight room, doing the conditioning and speed work, and uh, and uh, we get out on the field and we get our 7-on-7 work done, and I'm going to get that work done also, so uh, I'm really happy with where we're right now.
2: Very, very good. Coach, uh, you guys had a good season in, in your year one out there, make it to the semifinals. Um, man, it was, it was a great ride, uh, but I know you guys are looking to build on that ride and try to be that program that's always in contention. What are some things you all are doing in the offseason to try to further solidify that foundation?
8: Well, I mean, when you look at it, you, you go back and you evaluate, okay, we, we went to the semifinals, but when we got to the semifinals, you know, uh, we didn't feel like we put, a, put a, our best competitive effort there. So what do we need to do to get better to compete year in and year out with those, you know, with the u of the world, with the St. Thomas Mores of the world? And, uh, and, and that's what we're trying to do. We evaluate both offensive and defensive schemes, the type of personnel we have. Are we doing the right things? And, you know, we're going to make subtle changes here and there. And uh, I think the biggest thing is we just wanted our kids to continue to get bigger and more physical. I, I think that's the things that, that are really going to bear the, uh, be the big difference makers for us. And, and through the weight program, which is now a year-round deal, you know, uh if kids are not working out year-round and they're falling behind and uh i can see a lot of progress uh i've gotten a lot of compliments on, on the way our kids look physically when we go to these practice sessions with other schools on wednesdays and seven on seven so i i think we're on the right track and we just need to keep uh keep our nose to the garage and keep heading that way so
2: tell us about that you know a lot of coaches have different philosophies on seven on seven and Like, you guys last year at least weren't the team that was, you know, slinging it around the field 50 or 60 times. So, maybe, you know, obviously it's a help for your quarterback and your receivers, but this may be a situation where it maybe helps your defensive backs every bit as much as it does your offense.
8: Well, I mean, 7-on-7 is is an offensive drill. You know, never in real life does a quarterback have four seconds to stand back there and know he's not going to get hit (laughs) to throw a football. You know, so 7-on-7 is definitely an offensive Mm -hmm. drill, but – uh, it's an area of the game that we wanted to get better at.
3: Uh, you know, we got a
8: we got a great ground attack. We got an offensive line that we feel like is we'll gonna be able to move people around. But we have to use that ground game and set up a passing game. We need to be more efficient throwing the ball on first down. So seven on seven is gonna help us offensively with all of that. And then defensively, of course, you know, it's 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 it's, it's gonna help our DBs. We, the spread offenses are uh or what everybody seems to be going to around the state. And when we get into playoffs, we're going to face teams that throw it 25 and 30 times, and we got to be able to defend that. So, you know, it, it helps us. I've always done seven-on-seven. Seven. I don't think it's real football, no. But I think it can is a tool that you can use to help make you better.
2: So tell us about, you know, we talked about this in the first segment of the show. You guys have a very prolific running back coming back who did such amazing things as a freshman last year, and he's starting to get those offers and those different things. You know, the fruits of the labor are starting to pay off. What are some things he's added to his game? I saw him play basketball, oh, about a couple weeks ago. He looks to be a little bigger, a little thicker. Looks like that weight room work is starting to pay off. What are some things we should expect to see from Jalen Coleman in his sophomore
8: season? Well, I think he's going to continue to get better, I think the added strength and the added muscle that he's put in and put on his body is, is going to help him be, become more durable. Uh, it's not hindered his speed one bit. I mean, he is still. I mean, his explosiveness, sticking his foot in the ground and exploding out of a cut and being full speed in one stride. I mean, that's that's what he does really, really good, and uh, he's just going to continue to do that. And, uh, we use seven on seven to try to get him isolated in the passing game in more one-on-one situations. Uh, we can motion him out of the backfield and get him that up on a strong safety on outside backer and, and, and just try to get some advantages to help us. And uh, we're, uh, you know, we're excited about some things that we can do with him that, that, that we hadn't done in the past and just try to take that and build on it. And, uh, One of the big things that's going to help them a lot is is I really feel like our offensive line is going to be uh, something to deal with. Uh, Those guys have worked hard. They're going to average about 280 pounds across the sun, and those guys can move their feet and move around pretty good too. So uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds there.
2: Defensively, you guys were really, really good last season, and a lot of the attention went to your running back and to some other things, but your defense, I think, was part of your bread and butter. You lost some guys there, but I know you've got some guys returning that you're awfully excited about as well. Tell us about how your defense has looked.
8: Well, I mean, we got to totally rebuild the front five, the three down linemen and two inside backers. And, uh, they carried the run of, of what we did on defense. We could do some things coverage-wise because we had a great three-man front. Well, we're going to have to disguise things and, 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 and a, a little bit more this year. Uh, we're not going to be quite as big down there, but we're going to be – a little bit more athletic. Uh, I feel like, you know, we've got some young guys that have stepped up and become leaders this summer. Uh, Jacob Fairchild, we moved from outside linebacker to the inside linebacker, and he's going to step up and be, a, and be a big card for us. And uh, uh, when you look at the down linemen, all those guys have got a lot of experience playing behind Villavaso and Cleveland and Donnelly. Uh, so when you look at John – uh Cosgrove and and you look at uh Joan and Ryan Welsh, Cooper Concierge, and those guys all got a lot of experience. So they're not they're not going in there uh just as raw kids. I mean they can play the game, uh they did a good job. They've all gone to the lineman camp the last couple of years in a row and and and, and find their technique there. So I you know we're coaching like there ain't gonna be a drop off and hopefully there won't be a drop
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Coach, you guys uh faced Newman last year and I'm gonna ask you about this because I don't know if you saw the news. Arch Manning made the commitment about an hour ago to the University of Texas, ending what is gonna be, you know, what was one of the most anticipated recruitments in this upcoming class. You guys saw him. Uh he scored twenty eight on you. Your defense actually played played pretty well against them at times. You've also seen a ton of other great high school players in your career. Where does where does he rank, man? Oh, he's
8: definitely he's a great high school quarterback. Uh You know, I mean, we competed against the Howard kid that's at LSU now. I thought he was a a really good high school quarterback. So uh, the thing that that, that makes Arch really good, though, is he he can beat his feet well, too. Uh, A lot of people look at his uncles, and they see classic drop-back quarterbacks. Well, he's more like his grandpa. He's more like Archie. I don't know if people remember Archie. Archie would use his legs and get out of trouble, or or an athlete like that. He can move around, and he's still in the big guys, 6'3", 215 pounds or so. So uh, that's what makes him. He's a two dual-threat quarterback, and people I don't think a lot of people realize that. So uh, I I think he's going to be a really great uh, college quarterback. And, uh, you know, I I, I like to see all those guys stay in state. I'm a pro-Louisiana guy, so, you know, he's going to Texas, so I guess – you know, we, we'll see what we'll see what happens. He's uh, Coach Okie's trying to turn that program around, and we'll, we'll see if he can do it. So, but uh, he's definitely definitely going to make some money for himself down the road.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt about that. So let's talk about some Vanderbilt football here. Uh, you guys open up your season with Ed White. I know the kids got to be really excited, because that's a game that hasn't been able to be played the last couple of years. And then you guys had that little period there where you were sharing a school with them. So maybe you got to know some of those guys a little bit better. But the rest of your schedule is challenging as well. At Bell Chase is no gimme. That's a very difficult place to play. They're always solid. They're always a very top-flight program. In non-district, you also are going to be hosting St. Charles. And, I mean, what could you say about them? They're always in the Dome or contending for you know state championships. So of your non-district schedule, you got – E.D. White, who was in the championship game last year. Bell Chase, is always a round two, round three type of team. And St. Charles, who's always contending. And in between that, you got Central LaFouche, who's kind of rebuilding, and you don't know what you're going to have with a first-year coach there. You guys are going to be challenging yourselves outside of district play.
8: Well, you know, I love to play good competition. I I think it makes your coaches work hard to prepare, and it makes your players work hard to prepare. Uh, And I, I think... You know, your whole idea of your non-district schedule is to get you ready for district. And, I mean, we got a tough district. When you look at Lutcher coming into the district, you look at South Lafourche and Assumption. I mean, we got quality opponents in our district, and we need to be ready for those games. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about the Edie White game. It hasn't been played in the last couple of years because of COVID and the hurricane. So, you know, that's a great way to kick your season off. I think we'll have a pretty – Pack Stadium, and then it'll be rocking on that first week. And then, uh, you know, I've I, I, I played St. Charles when I was at Patterson. I played them, you know, last year over here. And when you play them, it's a physical, physical football game, and it, it's kind of the way football is supposed to be played. So, uh, you know, I love matchups like that. I think it keeps your kids sharp. I think it gets you prepared for the playoffs. And uh, you know you're going to go into the playoffs after playing a schedule like we play, and there's going to be no surprises. You know exactly what's in front of you, and you know the hand that you're dealt with and the way you got to play. So uh, I'm excited about the non district schedule.
2: Very good. We're sitting here. It's June 23 today, so that means, oh, we got about two months or so before we're really rocking and rolling, maybe two months in a week or so what are some areas that you're saying, hey man, in the next two months we've got to do these things well to get ourselves ready? What are some areas that you guys are trying to shore up?
8: Well, we're really we worked hard at our in our morning practice, trying to shore up our kicking game. We, we had a senior kicker and punter who did a good job for us, and we've got some some younger guys. We've got a couple of soccer guys that have come out to try to fill those roles, and uh, you know we, we're trying to make sure we have that nailed down. Uh, we're trying to find a, a deep snapper, so that's areas that we're trying to improve in. And then we work in the fundamentals of the game on both sides of the ball. And we do a tackling circuit every morning, uh, working on dunk, uh, with hand shields. And uh, we just want to try to perfect the fundamentals of the game of football and get as good at them as we can. And you know, I, I told the kids yesterday, you know, every mistake we can correct right now is a mistake we should not make come August, September, and October. And that's our goal is, is to, to
3: just hone
8: out all the mistakes we can and just get to be as perfect as we can be by the time we get to when it counts.
2: So I got to ask you before we let you go, man. Uh, you've been on the public side of things. You've been on the private side of things. Now there's this thing where, you know, charter schools, magnet schools, you know, open enrollment schools, they're all now with you all in Vanderbilt over on the select side of things. I feel like this thing is more far apart than it's ever been. What are your thoughts as you've seen what's taken place this summer?
8: Well, I think that this is a Hail Mary by Mr. Bolan to actually try to get it all back together. You know, by, by putting this as split as the number one as he has done now, when people start voting on things, uh, and the votes are going to become closer. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of public schools because it's open enrollment in their parishes that are put on the select side now. So guess what? The next time there's a vote, they're going to say, well, hell, if we got to play with them, then you all got to play with them too. And if the votes to come back together, I think it's going to get closer. <laughs> and I think this is kind of what he's hoping for. Uh, you know, cause it's kind of why he, like I said, I think it's
2: a Hail Mary by him to, for one last attempt to maybe
8: put it all back together. Wow. That's, we'll, we'll see if it works or not. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the thing. Hail Marys are only completed about one out of every 100 times, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Very good. Look, man, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, okay, brother?
8: All right. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate
2: it. Yep. That is Tommy Minton with Vanderbilt Catholic. You know, he's not the first one to say that. Um I don't know if it's just coaching gossip and all the local coaches are just kind of sharing the same story, so they've all kind of taken the same opinion and the same mindset. There have now been a lot of people who have come on the air here and who have said, hey, he's just doing this split thing to get everything back together and to frustrate everyone into getting things back together. Like Everyone says that to the point to where now enough people have said it. that, like, even I'm starting to kind of be like, you know what? That might actually be what's happening here. So it's just interesting. It's interesting. And I tell you the next six months in high school, political mumbo jumbo are going to be fascinating. They're going to be absolutely fascinating to see what happens next year when everything is kind of split apart from one, from one another. And then also what happens in January, when the principals actually finally get a vote on this? It's uh. Interesting and historic times, and times unlike anything which we've ever seen. It's play-by-play here on KLB. Let's catch a break when we get back. Who's the next coach on our guest on our guest list? That'd be Jesse Turner with the Ellender Memorial Patriots football team. It's play-by-play on Kaley B. We'll be right back with Coach Turner out of this break here on 102.7 and 1600 AM KLEB.
6: It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
7: Did you or your love
1: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you. And load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets. Feels like home.
6: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music, venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply eighteen ten three three-and-two stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, and Reserve.
4: Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and night in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's fishing rodeo, we also have adult, kids, kayak, and we added the offshore division. Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana. Wrestling has
6: more than one.
2: Royal family. and welcome back to Play by Play here. We start off our 12 o'clock hour. Hope everybody's enjoying their lunchtime break. We're talking some ball here for the next hour on KLEB. And we start off this segment by spending about 10-15 minutes with the Ellender football coach, Coach Jesse Turner, who's on the line now. Coach Turner, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
9: Good afternoon to you guys, man. I'm doing fine, man. Another day, you know, woke up to get better. You can't complain. You can't complain once you wake up another day, man. So, I'm excited. I'm excited.
2: Hey, Amen. That's very, very well said. If you wake up and you get the opportunity to go live 24 more hours, that is a blessing, brother. You guys are practicing, getting ready for your upcoming season Last time we had you on, you were pleased, said there were a couple of things that you guys wanted to you know, kind of shore up. How has the last month or so been since we last had you on?
9: We've been working, man. We are, the guys have been working tremendously hard uh, due to the condition, man. It's been really hot. Um, so we've been trying to do all, our best as a, as a coaching staff to keep these guys safe and make sure they are hydrating uh, besides the working. But we've been, we've been getting a ton of work in. We've been hitting the weight room very hard. Uh, we've been participating in a, a bunch of 707s. This past weekend, we went to UL Lafayette. Um, I thought my guys competed well. and um, Yesterday, we was at E.D. White. Uh, we're just working, man. We're just trying to get better. I told my guys that we can get better at least 1% each day. Uh, at the end of the summer, going to transition into fall, you'll be surprised where we are. So, I'm excited. Um, we just got to keep moving. We still got a lot of time left for, uh, during the summer. So, uh, we're going to just maximize that. And like we said, we, every day you wake up, it's a blessing. So, we can't take those days for granted. So every day we work, we're going to work our butts off and get better every day.
2: What's the numbers been like, brother? I know you guys uh, you said last time, hey, you would have liked a little bit more, but you were happy with what you had. What have the numbers been? And yeah. then more importantly than that, what's the turnout been, been over the summer?
9: Over the summer, we've been averaging about 45 kids. Uh, I, I do have about uh, 55 uh, to 60 that's on the roster from spring, um, which is not a bad number right now. And We've been having about 45 guys. Uh, I do got some guys playing travel baseball. Um, I do have some guys visiting their family um, outside of the state. So um, that, that's excusable for me. But um, right now, the turnout is every day about 45, and, and that's better than what we had in the past, to be honest with you. So um, that's some encouragement moving forward that the kids are buying in and um, ready to put some work in and ready to get better. So, yep.
2: Very good. Um, man, you know, it, it's such a unique time because you know, we had uh, Cornell Scott on yesterday, and he was saying, you know, hey, well, we're still not going to be able to play our home basketball games. You know, we'll be back on our campus, but things are a little bit different. So, you know, you guys are like kind of, sort of back at home, but not really. And I mean, not you don't have a on-campus stadium anyway. So, you know, that's always right. kind of the norm for you all. But what's it been like to still, you know, kind of be back, but still kind of be in transition? And Coach Scott said you guys are getting a weight room built at the Voltech, and like it's just kind of a weird time, isn't it? <laughs> It's
9: a, it's a very real weird time. Right now we're still at Terrible facility. We're still using those, uh, their weight room. Um, and it's tough trying to schedule around those guys, you know what I'm saying, because they got first first deals on all the, you know, the, the field and the weight room and stuff like that. So we've been trying to mo- work around them. And, and at the same time, we're building our weight room at Boat Tech. So uh, during the morning time, I actually just took a lunch. We're in the new facility that we're trying to build up for the kids. And then in the evening, we we practicing with our kids. So it, it's been it's been a full day for my coaching staff, um, but I'm definitely uh, grateful for them um, because they you know we don't get paid for this you know what I'm saying so and they sacrifice a lot of their time uh, just to 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 have a better facility and and better the kids man so um, that's exciting you know so uh, but we're still uh, sharing a terrible facility and hopefully soon uh, by mid July we'll be a place that we can call home.
5: Yeah,
2: very good. You guys certainly deserve that. Um, so let's talk about this. Yesterday, Coach Scott was kind of joking, and he was saying, you know, oh, 10, 15 years ago, you know, we really didn't have to share a whole lot of guys with football because they wouldn't play. And now he's saying, you know, hey, i got to share a lot of them. So talk about that, man. You guys got a lot of the athletes at the school who are going out and playing football. That's a great thing.
3: Yeah,
9: I encourage it, man. Just like I said, uh, the first thing I said, uh, i got some guys who actually playing travel baseball, and I'm, and I'm for it, Uh for me, um, as a high school, as a high school coach, I, I would like my kids to participate in as many sports as they could. You know what I'm saying? That keeps them occupied. That keeps them um, from getting into trouble. That keeps them uh sure in, in their classroom because there's more coaches on board. Um, so it, I do recruit those basketball guys. You know, those, those are your DBs and your receivers. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely got my hand on them. Uh, me and Coach Scott had many conversations in the past. That's why I'm kind of laughing at it. Um, he didn't like it at first, but you know, he understands the whole concept. He he offered the kids too, so um, it's been a plus, man. But I encourage kids to do all sports. When I was in high school, I played uh, three sports all year round. I never really got a break, so I encourage that. You know that that's it's good to you know, keep your mind going and, and staying active. So when football season do come back around, you don't have to get a hundred percent in shape like those guys who just play one sport. So. At the end of the day, yeah, we, we're doing what's the best for
2: the kids. I can't wait to hear this answer. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. On, the, okay, on Okay. On play-by-play, we're doing something over the summer where we're naming a Mount Rushmore athletically for every single high school in our area. For Ellen, they're off okay. the top of my head. What comes to mind? You come to mind. Gibby Tabba comes to mind. Devontavian Martin. Kenneth Dixon. There's so many people who come to mind. Who are some student athletes, and we only got to pick four, and, I mean, you could give me more than four, but I'm going to have to narrow it down to four. Who are some people that come to mind? Because I know there are dozens to choose from who have gone uh, through those halls.
9: Wow, wow. Yeah, that's, that's that's tough. You put me on the spot. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to put Ken Dixon, Dixon up there just because, I, you know, I looked, looked up to him as a coach. His, his record and his resume, is, is, you know, it speaks for itself. So, um, Ken Dixon, um, Dontavian Martin, the guy that I coach who excelled at every sport that he played. And. You know he's in uh you know making trying to make an n f l roster right now um that's two uh, man that's it's, it's tough uh, it's tough, yes it is there's so many so Because many. Uh, he's the basketball guy uh, uh what's his name uh ooh, man, really put me on the spot. <laughs>
2: uh,
9: I was trying to thought about this before
2: oh, it's okay uh, we can, I, we can... I, I
9: came up i watch uh Akeem nixon, I don't know if you guys recall him he's a basketball player. He was exciting to watch. I'm um, a guy uh, who's on our staff, Jamal Nixon. I thought he was a yeah. you know three sport athlete. He he was really good, um, but you know it it could change by day, man. It could change by day. Uh, L- Lamar uh, Lathen, that he, he was a basketball guy. He was really good. Um, yeah. So it, it's so many, man. It's so many. I'm sorry
2: I couldn't answer. No, you. no, 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 no. I couldn't
9: answer directly, but. Oof, it,
2: that's, that's a tough one. It's okay, you know. And look, you gave me five or six names, but guess what? You didn't give me a single girls' basketball player. And I know there's about thirty you're of them right. too. Tajin
9: <laughs> Stadium, Sergeant Stadium, Dina Allen. You're right, Deandra. <laughs> uh, Deandra. You're right. You're right. It's so yeah. See, it's, it's, it's so tough,
2: man. That's a good so. problem to have, though, man. And look, the dude, you know, you talked about Devontavian Tavian a minute ago. Uh, one of the yeah. challenges at Ellender is turnout. Is getting you know seventy, eighty kids to go and play every year. Does it help yes. that you could say, hey, look, if you go and do the right things, you could be this dude going play at Oklahoma State, having a chance to go to the league. Like, does that help as a recruiting tool when you're recruiting your halls?
9: Of course, man, because those guys look up to Dontavian Martin. You know what I'm saying? He, he, you know, his, his actions and, you know, what, what he does on the field and off the field speaks for itself. So those kids actually want to, you know, be like a Dontavian Martin one day. And one thing that we're working on in the new facility where the locker room, we want to put pictures of those guys who who's the epitome of a, of a Patriot football player. We want to show those guys when they walk in, you know, that oh, man, I want, to, I want to put the work in like he did so I can end up where he's at. Or, you know, whatever your goals is, become successful at it. And the guys that we're going to put up, not only are they successful, they work their butt off to get to where they're at. And if you know Dontavian Martin, man, you know on Saturdays, on Sundays, he, he's putting work. He's in the weight room, you know. It's no days off for him. So that that shows our kids that if you really put the put the work in, and and if you're confident in what you do, and you really want to be, you can. Um, so most definitely, we definitely use that. We bring up Dontavian Martin. We bring up Curtis Anderson. We bring up a lot of those guys. Cedric Williams, the guys who really bust their tail to be where they're at. we, we bring that up. Just to, to show the kids that it's possible, and it, and it and it, it and it does uplift the program. You know, when you have kids like Daniel in the program, and and they going on and doing uh, great things in their life in college or whatever it is as fathers, you know what I'm saying. So we definitely use those guys and try to uplift our program most definitely.
2: Jesse, things within the LHSA right now are a mess. You've got select schools that are growing, you know, because you got open enrollment and charter schools and magnet schools and whatever it may be, but a lot of coaches are now telling me, and Tommy Minton was on in the last segment, and he told me this too, a lot of coaches are now telling me that they believe that this is all sort of a ploy by the LHSA to make the waters really, really muddy, and then what's going to end up happening is everybody's going to say, you know what, we're going to just all come back together. Do you think that that's what's in play here? you think that's what's actually going to happen?
9: It's a possibility. Yeah, we've been hearing that a lot. Um, it's definitely a possibility. You can't trust nothing these days, man. I'm going to be honest. There's always something behind those smoking mirrors, man. So, only thing that we can control is, you know, uh, you know, who we play week by week. And if we are fortunate enough to make the playoffs, it, it could be Agnacar, it could be a Vanderbilt Callic. It, it doesn't matter. We just got to, you know, the football got to be in play, 11 guys on the field at a time, and we just got to do our best. But at the end of the day, to answer your question, I do think it's something else. Uh, behind it, you know what I'm saying, and, and it is a kind of a mess. So I, I really try not to get into it a lot. I just try to focus on what I can control, and you know that's to try to win football games and to make these kids better. So uh, yeah, it, it's very tricky right now. though.
2: Very, very interesting, brother. We thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon. Next time, I'll give you more advanced <laughs> warning when I got to put you on the spot. Okay? <laughs>
9: yeah. N- now I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while. <laughs> If we got some listeners, they're going to be mad. Oh, man, you forgot about my name because, you know, I'm a graduate of Ellender as well. And I'm friends with a lot of those guys. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some phone calls and say, man, you didn't say me. You didn't say this person. Oh, man, but it's all good. It's all good.
2: Trust me. All good. All in the, all in the sake of promoting the program, brother.
9: Yep. Yes, sir.
2: Take care, yes, sir. my man.
9: Yes,
2: sir. That's Coach Jesse Turner doing a good job. He's doing a really good job out there. Very genuine. He loves Ellender, And, ooh, that Eleanor Mount Rushmore. God, dog. You know, Coach Dixon, I think, is a lock. Like, we got to have him on there. He won a zillion championships as a coach. Like, Tay Martin, I think it's pretty safe to say he'll be on there, right? You know, NFL guy, you know, I, I think he's going to be on there. But, man, you, you got so many female athletes there that you got to consider. It's That's going to be – they're all going to be hard, but that's going to be amongst the most difficult ones. There's no doubt about that. It's play-by-play. Play. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to Cameron Pierce over at Terrebonne, and we'll ask him about how his summer's going, coaching up some baseball over for the Tigers. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM,
3: Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the Rage raging Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. It's the Ram. Make the switch
6: event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
5: Hello, friends and family. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
4: Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a Cornhole Tournament, followed by Shorts in December. Saturday, we have Bingo and Mimosas, DJ Frozen again. Rough and Ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
3: Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit with little to no waiting. You get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne. General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today.
2: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We're going to go to the phone lines one last time today. We want to thank Jesse Turner for his time in the last segment. We want to thank Tommy Minton for his time in the first call-in segment. And now we go to Cameron Pierce, who's the head baseball coach over at Terrebonne High School. Coach Pierce, uh, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
10: I'm alright about yourself.
2: Doing fine man. It is a uh, fun time to be a high school baseball coach. You guys are getting a lot of work done. You know it's brutally hot out there but you guys have played a lot of games and have gotten a lot of competition. How has the summer been going so far for your team?
10: From a competition standpoint we're putting a lot of different guys in some different roles and asking a few of them to play above their head more so just to see how they handle themselves. Now, we've got 43 total kids in our program. That's from incoming freshmen into seniors and every single one of them got a different role so you know for guys that are our varsity our main varsity guys we just want them to to compete can they handle can they handle being at the top level can our guys that are in between you know when you're playing up can you compete at that level or when you're the best guy on the field can you basically be the team leader and our incoming freshmen can you adapt to this level so from that standpoint that's where that's where we're at um we're not really that concerned with wins and losses right now. It's more about repetitions for a lot of guys and just seeing what a lot of guys can or can't do
2: yeah that's, that's a good answer a lot of coaches kind of say the same thing and and what's that process been like? you know, have you guys built some depth up or have you maybe had a couple of guys who I don't want to say you didn't expect that they could do well, but have maybe uh, um, outshined you guys' expectations for them?
10: uh some have I mean right now, if you ask my uh my staff to Put together a varsity roster. There's about twenty-two, twenty-three names that we pretty much can guarantee are getting a varsity jersey right now. So that's for, like that's like I said, that's from all levels down, from incoming freshmen to to seniors. And we've got some that are performing about as expected. You know, there's some guys that we threw with the threw into the varsity level, expecting them to struggle, and and they're doing so. And you know, that there's a few guys that you tell, hey, look, this is this this summer's important for your development. It's time for you to step up, or You know, you may not be here in a year. And some of those guys that we had those conversations with at the end of the season, they're getting those opportunities. Some of them are struggling as we expected, and some of them are performing a little bit better. So their outlook is starting to change in our eyes.
2: Yeah, very good. So let's talk about this. I think one of the challenges that you all face over the summer is that, okay, let's say a kid – Uh, bats, let's say, 3.30 over the summer, right? And he's a fringe player. You know, he's maybe going to be a starter, maybe not, but he has a nice summer. Um, How do you then carry that momentum? Because you got to sit out July through January before you're playing games of significance again. That's a long time to wait, and by the time February comes around, he may not have that same hitting strokes. Like, obviously, the summer's important, but how difficult is it to ride any momentum that you build all the way until February? That's a long time.
10: I just after this summer, we're going to basically create a pecking order as far as where guys stand, and the guys that performed, you know, a little bit better than others, we're going to hold to a higher standard in the off season. You know, we've got we've got probably about five incoming freshmen that have separated themselves a little bit as far as the rest of the group goes, and you know we're going to expect more out of those five guys, and it's the same across all levels. You know, but we've got we've got some guys that are going to be sophomores that have played up with. Our, uh, our main guys and have gotten legitimate time, we're going to expect more from those guys than the ones that basically are, are quote-unquote JV. And like I said, we've, gotten, we've, had, we've had everybody in our program that's not an incoming freshman get some varsity reps this summer, and the pecking order is pretty, pretty well established as far as what guys are ahead of others on the depth chart. And, you know, the guys that are, that are higher up, those are the ones that you place more expectations on. You put those guys in charge of groups. You put those guys in charge of stations and see how they handle it. And if they can't handle it, then okay, there's your reality check. Now pay pay attention to what's going on, that kind of thing.
2: So Josh Smith told me over at HL Bourgeois they've had a struggle throwing strikes, and that's been a point of emphasis for them over the summer throwing strikes. Chandler at South LaFouche is saying all the time, you know, they're working on little things, getting bunts down and – Bunt coverages and you know how do you handle defenses when opposing teams are stealing bases and different things like that what are some facets over at terrible that you guys have been trying to shore up with over some that you're maybe not fully satisfied with yet
10: Uh there's, there's there's four things i can narrow it down to um i think right now a lot of people are battling with strike throwing uh in fact i actually spoke with two guys on the way back from from denham springs the other night we we played a. Five innings on defense in a six-inning game against Dennis Springs, and we put 11 guys on base. Now, think about that. Five innings on defense, you're putting two guys on base before a batter even comes to the plate. That's like starting every, every inning with runners at first and second. So throwing, ball, throwing more strikes than balls has been a problem for us this summer, and it's, it was a bit of an issue in the spring, and it's one we're definitely working to correct. Not so much towards the, towards the end of summer, because we got about a week and a half left anyway. Um, we're going to work more on that in the season. Uh, being in the right spot defensively, uh, smart base running, those kind of things. Uh, offensively, then three and four kind of tie into each other. From an offensive standpoint, I just want us to be more aggressive at the plate, make, you know, make more solid contact, put more balls in play, that kind of thing. The other night we're playing South Terrebonne, and I told the guys from the first from the first pitch that I saw it when we were on defense. Home plate umpires calling strikes from from batter's box to batter's box. So you better be real ready to swing on the outside pitch. You better be trying to drive it to right field. Well, we had about eight or nine strikeouts looking because people would just would not swing at that pitch. And to me, that's, that's, that's what ties into number four. We're just going to be mentally stronger. So it, we're touching on a little bit of everything this summer just because, you know, you, it's nice to get better at one facet, but we need to get better at every part of our game, not just one or two in particular. So... We're trying to touch on every single thing because every game presents a different challenge.
2: Yeah, very good. And, uh, Coach, in terms of, you know, I know one of the big problems that a lot not problems, but one of the things, one of the issues that a lot of the schools are having to deal with is when do you actually have them? You know, sometimes they're playing summer basketball. Sometimes they're over at a seven-on-seven tournament or whatever it may be. Do you guys have a lot of multi-sport guys or do you have some baseball specialists or is it just kind of a mix of both?
10: we got some – uh Guys that do football and baseball. I mean, we've got like one or two that are doing soccer during the summer, and really only one is actually participating. So, uh, um, as far as like football goes, I think half my incoming freshman class plays football, and quite frankly, I wish more guys in my program did. But we do workouts from seven to nine thirty in the morning. We uh, we don't really. I don't let. I don't want our football guys working out with us just because football is more important. It's better that they do that kind of stuff. Now, this past week, Coach Lewis decided to. Uh, move practice to five o'clock in the afternoon and we had a couple guys that were forced with some decisions to make and I think they all worked it out with him so there was really no confusion as far as what they were going to do the only time that seven-on-seven has really been a problem with us was this past weekend we were playing a tournament in Eunice and I had the Oliver brothers Evan and Owen were at a seven-on-seven game somewhere while we're playing baseball you know two and a half hours away which it's not a big deal as long as I got enough guys and during the summer if a guy can't make it, that's fine. I'll just throw the next guy out there because really there's no summer state championship. There's nothing to lose. It's more about reps and development for, for other guys. Uh, I do have one basketball player, though he did break his leg in in the spring in baseball, so I wouldn't see him this summer anyway.
2: How important is that? And, and that's a great answer, by the way, you know, if, you know, hey, just next man up kind of thing. But how important is it that, there's some communication where you know you guys are working with Coach Lewis and you know Coach Williams is involved like how important is it that you know the whole coaching staff is working as a team to make all those things easier
10: that's very important, especially if you've got to share guys. I mean the only soccer guy that I'm really missing is a, is a guy that uh, we picked up this past uh tryout session he's a, he's going to be a sophomore he didn't play last year, and really the soccer games don't really run into uh, the games very much so that's really not much of an issue. Basketball-wise, uh, football-wise, I gave Coach Williams and Coach Lewis our schedule and say, hey, look, just, just to be aware, the guys that we share, this is what's going on, and there's really not been any, any, any problems. It, as far as I'm concerned, as long as there's not like a seven-on-seven game and, we're, and, and baseball at the same time, Coach Lewis has pretty much let the baseball guys come play with us. Now, I did tell them that if there's a, an important football event, that runs into our practices or our games and stuff. Go do that. Football season's right around the corner. Our season's wrapping up. So it's not going to not going to hurt my feelings if some guys have to do football instead of baseball But there are um there have been moments like this week when they changed practice time where some guys were forced some decisions to make, but for the most part we've got it all worked out and really didn't miss a beat this week.
2: Good, man. I'm happy to hear that. Um so let's talk about some LHSA stuff, man, because it's kind of a mess right now. You got a lot of schools that were on the public side of things that are now going to be on the select side of things, you know, charter schools, magnet schools, open enrollment schools, and there's a lot of conversation about where this is going to go. There are a lot of folks, heck, I've had two coaches both on earlier in the show. They both told me that they think this is a ploy to get everything back together. You know, hey, if we muddy the waters enough, everyone's going to get fed up and just say, hey, to hell with it, we're all going to come back together. Where do you see this going? Because, man, in the next six months, a lot of decisions are going to be made and a lot of things could look drastically different. Where do you see this all heading?
10: My gut says the same exact thing that I think there's enough people that wanted to split that are now on the wrong end of it that now they don't want it. So that my my gut tells me that this is the way to get everybody back together, which I don't know if you looked at all the schools that have five a enrollment that would put over 70 schools at the five a level. And that's not, that's, that might include like guys like John Curtis as far as like an evangel playing up, but that's not including other schools that might want to play at the highest level. Um, really, I'm, kinda, I'm questioning how it's going to work out when they come out with the playoff field length because you look on the select side, there's 33 5A schools. You look on the, the uh, non-select side, there's 45A schools. How, how many teams are they going to allow into the playoffs? Because I did the math with the current form that we're in, we would have made the non-select playoffs last year, whereas this past year we didn't. So, like, I look at, um, you know, I, I look at what they're possibly going to do. Because if you look at Division One, there's 33 teams. Are, is the LHS going to be finally basically telling one team, "Hey, look, you didn't make the playoffs"? or Are they going to shorten the field? Are they going to do the same thing with with five A? Because instead of one team, you got eight teams that you're saying, "Hey, look, you're not you're not making playoffs." My question is, as far as that goes, is what what are they going to do? Because now you got more teams making it, but are they going to make the? Are they basically going to diminish the playoff field just because there's there's less teams in each class? Which leads me to my, I guess my hope is that if they the next step would be they reevaluate the the ranges as far as the enrollment numbers. To me, that would if if everybody comes back together, then that needs to be the next topic of discussion.
2: You think that would lead to six A? Where do you think that would head? <laughs>
10: I don't think we there's really not enough schools for a 6A. Really, I think it would, what should happen, and I've talked about this with, with uh, Jamie at Ellender, and I may have spoken to one or two other guys around here about this. About this but I think the 5A floor needs to be about 1,600 kids. That would that would do. That would rate. That would basically set up a range of about 900 from the smallest 5A school to the biggest 5A school. Which the current current 5A level, your top two or three, top two three four in enrollment have twice the enrollment of those at the bottom of 5A. Yeah. In my opinion, that's that's like asking Middle Tennessee State to compete in the SEC. Yeah. You're asking way too much out of, out of a school that just quite frankly can't do it. And, you know, I was I was at Walker for four years. That that school's over 2,200 kids now. And it makes a difference when you have those extra kids roaming the hall that might be able to play a sport or two. It makes all the difference in the world. Whereas at Terrebonne, Jfam showed us last year it's at, at 1,170. That's you know, that that's that's major different major difference in population. So I think the floor of 5A needs to be 1,600. The floor of 4A, 1,000. The floor in 3A, 700. The floor in 2A, uh, 400. And basically anything 400 and below is 1A. And then B and C can figure it out for all I care.
2: Very, very interesting, brother. We thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon. Uh, continue the good work, brother.
10: I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Yep, that is Cameron Pierce. That's the thing that makes all of this LHSA mumbo-jumbo so interesting is that everyone's got a different idea, and a lot of the ideas aren't bad. (laughs) Like, one of the things that makes it – and I think that what he just said with Walker and everything, I think that's spot on. The difference in enrollment between the highest 5A schools and the lowest 5A schools is the same difference between a 4A school and a 1A school. The gap is that large. It's, it's not fair. I don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. I don't know. You know, that's the challenge, right? Is that we all know that it's broken, but we don't have a unified plan as to how to fix it. That's the problem. That's the reason why we have the issues that we have, but man, in the next six months, we're going to have some very interesting conversations that are going to be had. That is now not one, not two. But three coaches who have come on today who have said, they're just making this thing a firestorm, hoping to get it all back together. The idea of, hey, if we make the gumbo taste so bad right now, they're going to all say, hey, give us that gumbo that we had 12 years ago. It kind of wasn't very good, but it's better than what we have now. That's kind of a shady way to do business if you think about it. But that might be where this is headed. I don't think all of our coaches are wrong in that assessment. That might be where this is headed. Let's catch a break here on play-by-play Play. when we get back. We'll comb through the headlines. Got a little more to add. I got a little bit more to add to my rant about Arch Manning. We'll talk about that in the next segment. It's play-by-play Play on KLB.
3: When your blood pressure high and your amperage is low, have your batteries charged here and watch yourself go on the Rage and Cajun, 1600 AM and 102.7 FM.
6: Guaranteed.
1: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store, and you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rousers Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rousers Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rousers Markets
0: quality health care locally for you
2: good calling guest today um we want to thank cameron pierce for his time jesse turner for his time and also tommy minton for his time let's see what we got here on the scroll of headlines i wanted to talk with you all about um Interesting news. All right. So the Manning Passing Academy is is happening this weekend. Actually, it started today. The media session will be tomorrow. And I'm in like a little group here with all the other reporters that are going to be covering the camp. And they issue like some releases and share news and share information. And we just got word that um, the Manning family will not comment on Arch's commitment at any point during the camp. They're going to be made available to the media, but they're not going to comment on the commitment. I take issue with that. I take issue with that. I think that's cowardly, quite frankly. If you don't want to comment on it, that's cool. That's your own prerogative. But today's June 23. Arts doesn't sign until February or December. Why the hell release the news today if you didn't want to be in a position to comment on it? Like If you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. Just have him do the commitment Saturday or Sunday, whenever the media session is done, and you won't be next to camera anymore. To release it the day before your whole family has to get behind a podium and talk to the media and then say, oh, no, 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 we're not talking about that, sorry. That's cowardly. Yellow stripe down your back, cowardly. You could have just done the announcement Saturday, and then it all wouldn't have been an issue. You leak the news, you had you, you know, stick the carrot out in the front of the reporters' faces and then say, nah, we ain't talking about that. That's BS, man. That's coward stuff. Just do the announcement Saturday. Do the announcement Monday. You had all you have you have six months to make this decision. You want to make it on June twenty-three, that's cool. But then let us talk about it, man. Like you got nah, let me let me stop. Second time this show I stopped myself from ranting too hard about this some other uh, headlines from around the world of sports let's see what we could talk about here today uh, my computer is working super super slow I apologize for that the WNBA has announced that Brittany Griner is going to be an honorary starter in their all-star game Um, that's a very interesting decision I have said openly here on this show that me personally, I don't think marijuana is an offense that's strong enough to warrant the punishment that Brittany Griner is being given in Russia. And if it were me, if I were president of the world, if I were king of the universe, she wouldn't even have you know served any time in prison at all. But the idea that you're going to another country and breaking the rules of that country. That rubs me the wrong way, man. That rubs me the wrong way. Brittany Griner is incarcerated right now because of her own arrogance, because she thought, hey, I'm Brittany Griner. Ain't nobody going to do nothing to me. I'm bigger, than, I'm bigger than the rules. I'm bigger than the laws. And while I don't think it's fair that she's being punished for that and is going to lose months and months and maybe even years and years of her life for that, We still shouldn't be going out of our way to celebrate that, right? Like it's okay to feel sorry for what Brittany Griner's going through without then also saying, hey, she's a champion. She should be an honorary starter for our all-star game. We need to celebrate Brittany Griner. No, man. At best, we're celebrating someone who's a user. That's not a great message to send to young kids who are watching your game. Like, it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to put in the legwork. It's okay to do all of the things that a lot of the folks in that sport are doing to try to get her back home. I'm right behind you in that. But we're going too far. This shouldn't be a a situation that we're celebrating. This shouldn't be a cause that we're championing. She did wrong. When she does get released from custody, the first thing that she should do is apologize to her fans for doing wrong. She put herself in this bad situation. No one in the national media has the courage to say that because it's an unpopular thing to say. But I'm here saying it. She did something wrong. Her own arrogance made her believe that. Hey, I'm Brittany Griner. Ain't nothing going to happen to me. I could do what I want. I don't give a crap about the Russian laws. I ain't going to get caught. Well, guess what? You did get caught. Remember when we were kids, we would go have sleepovers at other families' houses, and every time you'd have a sleepover, the rules at each different house would be different. You know what? Family A, maybe you couldn't play Grand Theft Auto or Mortal Kombat because those games were too violent. Family B, maybe you had to go to sleep at midnight. You know, they had a strict bedtime. Family C, maybe you couldn't eat junk food at night. Guess what? When you went to family A, you didn't play violent video games. When you went to family B, you went to bed at midnight. When you went to family C, you didn't eat junk food at night. You follow the rules based on where you are because that's what respectful human beings do. I'm tolerant to marijuana use. It doesn't bother me. I think it's the same as alcohol. I don't know that it should even be illegal at all. But guess what? If I carry my behind to Russia, you know what I wouldn't be doing? I wouldn't be caught with something that could get me in prison for the next 10 years. Because I respect where I am and my surroundings and the rules of the place that I am. I was in school in the Lafourche Parish school system my entire life. I didn't think that we needed to wear school uniforms. I didn't think that that was necessary. I wasn't a bully. I wasn't making fun of kids based on what they were wearing, which is the reason why we have uniforms. But guess what? My behind wore khakis and a collared shirt every day because I respect the rules. And I knew that if I didn't wear khakis and if I showed up in blue jeans, I was going to detention. And if I went to detention enough times and I was going to pass, and if I went to pass enough times, I was getting expelled because that's the way rules work we shouldn't be celebrating this idea that we're gonna break the rules and then oh yeah we're gonna oh you could be that you could be an all-star starter nah man give me a break bro give me a break that's too much that's way 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 too much let's talk about a, a more fun topic right the NBA draft the NBA draft is going to be tonight. The Orlando Magic have made up of their mind, according to a lot of folks. Jabari Smith is going to be the number one pick in the draft. He is a power forward out of Auburn. Uh, our buddy Damian, who's going to be on the show tomorrow, is super high on Jabari. I am as well. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that anybody in this draft is going to be like a superstar, but I'm high on Jabari Smith too. I think that he's going to be a, a very fine NBA player. He could jump, he could shoot, he could pass a little bit. It gets interesting at number two. Chad Holmgren is going to be the number two pick. By by and large, the first three picks are locked in. It's going to be Jabari Smith, number one to Orlando. Chad Holmgren, number two to Oklahoma City. Paolo Banchero, number three to Houston. Number two is where it gets interesting. I think Jabari Smith is going to be a solid NBA guy, right? I think he's going to average, oh, 15, 18 points a game, seven, eight rebounds. He's going to be a solid starter. Not like a star player but not a low-level starter, either just a solid you know, third or fourth best player on the team type of guy. Chet Holmgren's where it gets interesting. Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga could be one of the best players in the NBA. He's seven foot tall. He's got a massive wingspan. He can make three-pointers. He could be one of the best players in the NBA. But he weighs like 150 pounds. He could also be out of the league within four or five years if he doesn't handle that physicality well. Tyrus Thomas had the same type of build, right? Big, long, lanky, could jump, you know, could shoot a little bit. He never added enough girth to his frame, got bullied. He never had a great NBA career. So Holmgren is interesting, and I think it's a great fit for Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. I think it's a great uh, pick for Oklahoma City. They've got a million draft picks in the next five or six years. They own half of the damn draft over the next five or six years. So they could afford to take a high-ceiling, low-floor guy, and if it doesn't work out, you know, oh well, we're going to just go get somebody else um, in the future. Holmgren is interesting because, look, I usually have a pretty good read on who I think is going to be a solid NBA guy out of the draft and who I don't. I don't have any idea. I really don't. like I could see him adding a little weight, being tough, being athletic, being kind of, sort of like a Kevin Durant. Ah, it's hard for me to say Kevin Durant, though, because – Durant was scoring 30, 40 points a game in college. Holmgren would kind of get lost in the shuffle at times with Gonzaga. He had a lot of games where he was scoring 8 points, 12 points. Durant never did that at Texas. So, I don't know. Holmgren is kind of a question mark for me. Pueblo Banchero with Houston number 3, that's like Julius Randle, right? Just that big, banging power forward. He could go outside and make a couple of shots. He could pass the ball. He wants the physicality. He wants the contact. I think he's going to be pretty solid. I think that would be a good pick for Houston. They just traded Christian Wood. I think that would be a good pick. Where it gets fascinating is number four. There, No one has any idea what Sacramento is going to do with number four. The rumors are that they um, aren't really high on Jaden Ivey, who's the big uh, Purdue kid, You know, the guard. He's a slasher. Kind of plays like Donovan Mitchell, maybe a little bit like Dwayne Wade in some ways, but you know, less gifted, less talented, but that same style. Sacramento's interested in maybe trading the pick to a team that wants Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey last year averaged 17 points, five rebounds, and three assists per game. His uh draft comparison is Donovan Mitchell. So there you go. That's I think that's a good comparison. So does Sacramento keep the pick, take Ivy? Do they trade the pick and you know trade it to a team that wants Jaden Ivey? Or do they just take someone else? Keegan Murray will be there. Uh, you know he's projected to go number five to Detroit right now. He was a big wing from Iowa. And then you go down to number eight with the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, um, they don't need a two guard as you know you got McCollum. They don't need a three because you got Ingram. They don't really need a four because you got Zion. Hopefully, you just kind of need like a shooter, right? Like just someone that's kind of versatile you could plug and play and, and make shots. A creative shot maker, kind of like what they hoped Trey Murphy would be. Right now, this mock draft has them taking Shaden Sharp of Kentucky. 6'5 shooting guard. He can shoot it, um, but maybe not fully NBA ready. I think that'd be a pretty good pick. Guys, you can maybe stash away in the G League for a little while. His NBA comparison is J.R. Smith. If New Orleans had prime J.R. Smith on their roster right now, that's, you know, that would be a that'd be a solid player to have to their rotation just due can knock down shots. The problem is he's 19 years old and and this nba draft.net website ranks guys 1 through 10 in terms of a bunch of intangibles. His lowest rated feature is his nba readiness. They think it's going to take a little while for him to get ready. So will they take a project or will they take or try to take, you know, maybe a junior or a senior that can maybe help them right away? Because if you get Zion back, New Orleans is not far away from being really good. They're not far away from being like a second round playoff team. So, do you maybe try to take an older guy that can maybe help you as opposed to a project that can maybe help you two, three years down the line? Or, you know, if someone calls, do you trade the pick and maybe try to get a veteran through that? I, I don't know what it's going to look like. But by the time we get to number eight with New Orleans, a lot of this stuff could be shaken up. Of course, we've said throughout the week Tari Easton of LSU is going to be selected as well likely in the first 20 or so picks maybe even in the first 15 or so picks let's catch a break here on play-by-play we've been fired up a lot today coach collie just sent me a text saying that i need a hug today i need a hug every day coach collie how about that it's play-by-play we'll be right back after this break we'll get you your betting picks to wrap up the show
5: tiger rag three-time home depot coach of the year two-time ap college football coach of the year 11 seasons at Notre Dame. Two college football playoff appearances. And now the head coach of the LSU Tigers,
0: Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. What the fizzle? I know LSU fans will love Brian I'm Kelly. I'm excited. Success follows him everywhere he goes. All he does is win. The winningest
5: coach in Notre Dame history. Tiger Rag Magazine will be there as LSU ushers in a new era on the gridiron. He wants to win a championship. His plan to take
0: this program to the next level is the same as ours. Under the bright lights. Not here to taste success. I want to be here to sustain. On the Broadway
10: stage.
5: Shows where LSU is as a program right now. We have a lot of talent and a lot of talent coming
10: in. (laughs) Super excited. (laughs) I want the fans here early, tailgating and having a great
5: time and and fill in the stadium and being enthusiastic. Find Tiger Rag on newsstands and online at tigerrag.com.
0: Lady of the Sea community pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7.00 p.m. and Saturdays 9.00 a.m. to 3.00 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea.
2: Hey, it's Casey Gisclair here announcing a new show in Coastal Broadcasting, play-by-play. Broadcasting Monday through Friday from 1130 to 1, we will offer the latest in high school sports all across the Bayou region with a little bit of college and pro mixed in. We'll interview coaches and student athletes throughout the week, getting their thoughts on the action happening in our area. Our phone lines are always open, so feel free to chime in with your thoughts as well. Find us on social media. We will be heavily promoting our content and getting our audience involved. That's play-by-play every Monday through Friday at 1130 right here on your home for high school sports, 102.7 FM, KLEB. Etel and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility: internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, Etel and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com.
4: Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's fishing rodeo, we also have adult, kids, kayak, and we added the offshore division. Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
2: little hulk hogan to wrap up the show here on play by play man y'all it is it's hot outside i hope that everybody that's working outside today is staying hydrated is staying safe and you know to all the employers out there who are employing people who are working outside make sure your people are taking care of themselves y'all it is brutal i went walk to la Rose park last night at 7 30 7 30 My phone said that the temperature was 93 degrees and the heat index was 104 at 730. Not August, it's June 23. What's it going to be in August, I guess, is the the big concern and the big question right now for folks in southeast Louisiana. But y'all take care of yourselves. Y'all please, please, please be responsible out there in that heat because it is brutal. We're going to wrap up today's show with some betting picks. I like The first one today is I like the Padres. To win and cover a minus one fifty money line spread against the Phillies. You don't get a ton of value there. Minus one fifty. I usually like to give you guys numbers that are a little closer to even than that. But I really like this one. Joe Musgrove has got an ERA of 1.59. Um, he's been excellent this season. He's got a whip of under one, and he's facing Ranger Suarez for Philly, who has been kind of a ticking time bomb. His his ERA isn't awful. It's 4.43. But his whip is 1.51, which means that – what whip means is it's it's walks and hits per innings pitched. So that means he allows 1.5 base runners per inning, which usually if your whip is 1.5, you're giving up a ton of runs. Suarez has pitched into and out of trouble at times this year. That's not sustainable. I think that the Padres are going to touch him up a little bit and Musgrove is going to be uh, lights out as he tends to be. Our next one is one that you better get in pretty quick. Um, I'm going to go the Cardinals to win today, covering the money line. Uh, that is a plus 105 money line out there for the Cardinals and the Brewers. You know what? I'll give you my second pick from this game, too. I like under 9.5 runs in that game, too, now that I see it. Um, the Cardinals are playing well. They've actually won a couple of games in this series. They've got Dakota Hudson throwing. He's been solid on the year. Facing Jason Alexander. Which is just kind of a bullpen, dude, right? In, in in 22 and one-thirds innings, Alexander's only got eight strikeouts. So if you give up that much contact to the St. Louis offense, which could really bang it around, you're going to give up some runs. And I think Hudson won't give up a ton of runs on the back end of that. Um, I like the Cardinals to win, and I like the under in that one between St. Louis and Milwaukee. So we want to thank everybody for listening today. We had Tommy Minton. We had jesse turner we had cameron pierce and i've got five or six days before i gotta unveil our first mount rushmore which will be south Lafouche high school i thought about it last night i put pen to paper i was trying to figure out where we're gonna go i wrote some names down for about an hour and guess what i'm not any closer to any solutions than i was when i first started it's gonna be a tough process this is gonna be a very difficult thing but we look forward to seeing what our conclusions are, and also what you all's conclusions are. As we'll unveil the South Lafouche Mount Rushmore on Tuesday, and tomorrow we should have Chan Lagitro on. We should have Damien St Pierre on, and we're going to continue to uh, keep doing what we do. It's going to be a fun weekend talking. Um, you know, I've got an MMA show to cover on Saturday, and Manning Camps this weekend. So there's a whole lot going on, and we look forward to giving it all to you all as the summer continues to heat up there's this LHSAA stuff every single coach now that we have on says the same thing that it looks like there's momentum to get the association back together I don't know if I believe that fully that may be fool's gold that remains to be seen but if they're all saying it you know if enough smart people say something it eventually convinces me that they know more of what's going on than I do I was of the belief of hey man this gap is wider than it's ever been before but enough people who are in the loop are telling me that this all may be employed. I'm starting to believe it. Um, it's going to be fun to follow that, and we'll continue to ask coaches about what they're hearing as the political wheels continue to swing out in Baton Rouge. We're going to thank our sponsors one more time, then we'll get out of here. The Blue Boot Rodeo, the 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo, will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Isle Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. Also, Southland Dodge and Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do-friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets, get Rouse's Louisiana crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito-controlled professionals providing guaranteed results. And then also Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and community youth sports organizations tonight is the Terrebonne General Athletic Hall of Fame, the Bayou Region Athletic Hall of Fame. They do such a wonderful job. We wish them nothing but the best. And that leads into this reminder. Join us on Saturdays at 10 o'clock for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System with Stan Gravois and Casey Gisclair for the latest in high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts, sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. So that'll be Saturday at 10. We're going to wrap up right here. Thanks to everybody for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day. May God bless you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: You're listening to KLEB 1600 AM and K274DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.